Welcome back to Jesus Sisters. I'm your host, Allie. If you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any episodes or updates. Here we are. I can't believe we are here in 2024. Can you believe Jesus Sisters started almost four years ago? That is just mind-blowing to me. And I'm so grateful for all of you that spend time with me to learn and grow in Jesus and just get to know him on a personal level. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Who would have thought, you know, all the growth, the changes and new chapters, but God is there throughout it all. And he is with you and through it all. He is with you. Um, In this life, change is certain, but God never changes. So I hope your new year is off to a blessed start. And that is actually going to be the message for today. So if you haven't had that start, it's not too late. And I believe this message will give us a blessed start to the new year and even a new day. This message is relevant anytime and every day. So before we unpack all those blessings, if you will join me in prayer So Lord Jesus, please just empty me of myself, anoint my lips so I would only speak what you would want me to, Lord. Your will be done. Bless the hearing and reading of your word and bless this day in our year, Lord. I just pray that in this year we would grow closer to you, that you would be our best friend, that we would love and forgive like you, Jesus, that we would see miracles and blessings that we would be strengthened and empowered to walk out your plans for our lives, Lord. Help us to put on the full armor of God and to love others, for we know love covers a multitude of sins, and that we would be able to effectively extinguish the attacks of the enemy, that we would be in good health, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we would be obedient to your will. I pray laughter and hope and unity and abundance in 2024. Lord, show up and show off, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised and glorified. You are the one true almighty God, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Thank you for all you do in our lives. And thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the gift that you paid for us, Lord, that we can spend eternity with you. And thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. I pray we can feel and know the presence of the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get started on Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. I thought this would be a great scripture for the new year. And it is, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I love this scripture, especially for this time of year and really every day. God is telling us to forget the past, to let it go. Don't linger on former things because really what purpose is there in that anyways? We can't go back and change things. We can move forward. And in Jesus, even we have that um, scripture when um, Lot's wife, he looked or she looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. That is a reminder that I think about when I want to dwell on things that I have no control over changing. Um, So, you know, I pray that we can move into the new year and let go and not linger on those former things because there really is no purpose on dwelling on the past. 
And then to put the cherry on the on the icing, it's God is promising something new and transformative. So pay attention. He is doing a new thing, a new chapter, a fresh start. And this is our invitation to embrace the unfolding of God's plan and to perceive the new things he is initiating. Isn't that just awesome? I figured that would be a great message scripture to really kick us off because, you know, gone out with the old and with the new. And then Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. This is a good one. It never gets old, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And leaning involves entrusting one's full weight onto something, finding reliance and support in that person or thing. In moments of crucial decision making, there's a tendency to feel hesitant even towards God, which is pretty silly and crazy when we say that out loud, right? But deep down, we know it can be true. We feel like it's better if we are in control and the, and the captain of our ship. But then we can probably look back at those times that we just wanted to be in control and not surrender it to God. And, and how good does that work out for us? Usually doesn't work out so well. But we know that God comprehends our needs better than we do. And he serves as a superior judge of what is best for us in our lives. He is the author of creation and he is the author of our life. So complete trust in him is paramount. While having thoughtful consideration and utilizing our God-given reasonings are vital in decision-making, Exclusive reliance on our own ideas should definitely be avoided. It's really important not to overestimate our own wisdom, but to remain open to correction from God's word. And also wise advisors, iron sharpens iron, right? I challenge you to bring your decisions to God through prayer. Use the Bible as a guide and follow his direction. He will not only guide you, but also safeguard your path. And that is what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is, is letting us know. And then to follow up with that, Jeremiah 29, 11, another, another great one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Hear that, folks? God has not just a plan for your life but a positive and prosperous one, a plan of hope and a promising future when we follow his guidance. God is telling us his nature for us and that he cares about you and your well-being. It doesn't matter how much you have backslid or maybe you haven't done much of anything. Maybe you're indifferent or maybe you are filled and on fire for the Lord. Whatever season you're in, God has a plan for your life and he is waiting for you. Behold, he stands at the door and knocks and he will come in. He will dine. Um, he will clean up whatever messes we have. We just need to take that initiative to say, all right, here I am, Lord. I surrender it to you. Have your way. He is a God who restores. He brings us beauty for ashes and he will do a work and a new thing in your life. If you just lay it all at his feet and lean on him. He is strong. He can handle it all. He is a way maker and a promise keeper. Second Corinthians 5, 14 to 19. For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, 
that one died for all. Therefore, all died and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And I, I love that he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. And that's kind of what the, the message is for a blessed start. This is our call to live our lives in accordance to God's will. And Jesus offers us forgiveness and a new life. Paul and all of his companions actions were dedicated to honoring God as the love of Jesus guided and transformed their life. So that's key there. We can't do anything without God. And because of his sacrifice for us, we are called to leave behind our old ways and live not to please others, but to find purpose in pleasing Christ, who not only died for us, but also rose from the graves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians 5, 5 to 8. Now he who prepared for us this very purpose is God, who gave to us the spirit as a pledge, therefore being always of good courage. And knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Isn't this just awesome that we have the Holy Spirit as our guarantor for the coming resurrection where we will have our everlasting bodies? And it's way better than we could ever understand. I know we talk about this and, and, you know, even though I understand it, I don't think our human nature sometimes can fully grasp it. And, you know, I pray that we can um, fully grasp really, you know, what, what that means and what that's going to be like. But I think until we're experiencing it, um, it's not the true revealing of it will not be there until we're actually living that. But we do get glimpses. God is a good God and he does give us glimpses of, of eternity. And if we have this, that, and that's where, if we have the Holy spirit in us now, we also have eternity so we can endure. We can be confident and have strength in Christ. Ecclesiastes 3, 11 to 13. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has set eternity in their heart yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning, even to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is the gift of God. And again, that's Ecclesiastes 3, 11 to 13. God has placed a longing for eternity within people's hearts. Earthly pleasures and pursuits will never fully satisfy us. We can see that in today's world. We see that with a lot of celebrities. 
um, how many celebrities have it all and it's it's not enough and their life ends in, in despair and tragedy. And, and these are the people that the world looks at as having it all and, and the epitome of, of making it. And it's still not enough because there's a hole in our heart that only Jesus can fill. And unless we realize that and acknowledge that and lean into that, we're never going to feel satisfied. And I think that's where some who never get to know and have that personal really and accept that free gift, you know, might leave this world um, longing for Jesus is really what that is. So whether we choose to acknowledge this, we are all created in God's image and have a spiritual thirst that only the eternal God can truly quench. Our yearning reflects an inherent desire for the perfection only found in God's rule also known our true home, eternity with Jesus. So while we get a peek, a sneak peek of his perfect creation, our understanding is limited. So by trusting him, we engage in his work on earth, acknowledging that our vision is constrained and the future is beyond our full earthly comprehension. Solomon was also letting us know the extent to which um, you find satisfaction in your work hinges largely on your attitude. A dear friend just told me yesterday, it's only as hard as you make it. And that is her mantra for 2024. And dissatisfaction usually will arise if you lose sight of the purpose God intended for your work. Enjoyment in your work comes when you remember that God has assigned tasks to you and we recognize that the outcomes of our labor are gifts from him. If we view our work as a means to serve God, it will enhance our fulfillment and purpose. It's, it's getting that perspective right. So in 2024, let's pray to have God's perspective in our lives and, and pray that we can have that daily. Because it is that daily reminder, daily conscious choice of saying, I'm going to have God's perspective. And then Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. 
Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ has also forgiven you. Those are our marching orders. That's our guidance. Paul is giving us guidance on our Christian walk. And I think this is a great message for, you know, having that blessed start, new beginnings. We can let all bitterness, wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away, putting on our new selves, being renewed in the spirit of our mind, which is the likeness of God being created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And we don't want to give the devil a foothold. So this is the distinction between Christians and non-Christians, and it should be evident in our way of life. As Christians, we are called to live as children of life, uh, children of light. Paul advised the Ephesians to abandon their former sinful ways as followers of Christ. Living the Christian life is an ongoing process. Despite having a new nature, we don't automatically think good thoughts or express or express right attitudes all the time. So it's that continuous change that occurs as we listen to God and reflect in our thoughts, attitude, and actions over time. Despite gradual progress, trusting in God remains key to our transformative journey. If we keep listening to him, we will be changing all the time. Just like Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word gives us all that we need. It is our guide to life to live in peace and do what's going to be best for us and for others. So I encourage you to spend time this year listening to God, getting to know him. And as you reflect back, do you see a process of improvement in your actions, your attitude and thoughts? That's going to be something that I'm going to do this year is really spend time listening to God, getting to know him better, and then reflecting and seeing what sort of changes that I notice for the positive in my attitude and actions and thoughts. So moving into our new life in Christ, our previous lifestyle before embracing Jesus is entirely behind us, similar to discarding old clothes. Jesus taught this in Luke. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And that's Luke 5, 36 to 38. This involves a decisive one-time choice when accepting Christ's salvation and a daily intentional commitment. We shouldn't be led by mere desires, but should embrace a new mindset guided and influenced by the Holy Spirit and steer our lives in that fresh new direction. 
Ephesians gives us guidance on how to set our attitudes and actions towards others. Telling lies and not being honest with each other causes problems. I'm sure we've all experienced that. Um, Lying is never good. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes to be lied to. I don't like to be lied to. And I definitely um, don't like, I feel immense guilt, you know, if I lie, even if it's, you know, a little lie. When you are living for Christ, even though others may not know, you know, and God always knows, and God hates it. And lying makes people fight. It loses trust. It ruins relationship and it causes conflicts, which in turn can be the opposite of shining his light, especially in a dark world. We are to be the light bearers um, and, and bring people into the fold, people that are far from Christ and people that are hurting. When we are trying to bring them to Christ, if, if you're not being honest or you're being deceitful, you know, that is going to not be effective in the mission. And the Bible says it's okay to feel angry but it's crucial to handle it right. If we express our anger without thinking, it usually always hurts others and breaks relationships. If we keep anger on the inside, it can make us bitter and and harm us. So Paul advises dealing with anger immediately in a way that will help the relationship and not destroy the relationship. Holding on to anger gives the devil an opportunity to divide us. That is his plan that he wants to cause division. He does not like followers of Christ and he is on a mission to destroy and divide. So I encourage you, if you are upset with somebody, take the steps to fix the issue. Don't let the day end without trying to mend your relationships. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Love can cover a multitude of sins and forgiveness a lot of times is that choice. And when making that choice and having that perspective and mindset, I think I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like the emotions that come along with unforgiveness kind of melt away rather than being like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to hang on to this and I'm going to, you know, it, it does us no benefit. But when you just start saying like, yeah, this hurt me, but I am going to, I'm making the choice to forgive, to move on, to not let this have any sort of stronghold in my life. And then it almost becomes easier to move on from things. And, and you'll be surprised at things that used to make you really mad that maybe you held on to for a long time. It starts to become easier to, to forgive when you practice forgiveness. So that's another challenge, I guess, is to you know, really just make that choice to um, forgive. And, you know, again, if you have anybody that even even if you weren't in the wrong, sometimes doing the right thing is reaching out to that person and saying, hey, I'm reaching out. I want to extend that olive branch and just say, you know, I'm sorry for whatever part. If I hurt you, you know, I don't I want our relationship to be good and positive and healthy. And let's let's move forward. It's a new year. Let's Let's move forward. And then holding on to anger does give the devil that opportunity to divide us. So that should be an incentive to forgive. So again, if you're upset with someone, take those steps to to fix the issue. And then this scripture is also saying that our actions can sadden the Holy Spirit. 
Paul warns us against using hurtful language, harboring bitterness, misusing anger, spreading negativity, slander, and having a bad attitude. Instead, we should practice forgiveness just as God forgave us. This year, we can consider if our attitudes and actions please or sadden God. We are called to show love towards fellow believers, mirroring God's love and sending his son to die on the cross for our sins. Again, forgiveness is a key part of our Christian walk. It's found in all the gospels and emphasized in the Lord's prayer. God forgives us not because we forgive others, but out of his great mercy and love. So understanding his mercy and love inspires us to emulate him by extending forgiveness to others. Those who are unwilling to forgive are not aligned or one with Christ who forgave even those who crucified him. So let's just take a moment to kind of think about that. And also when we're in the wrong, how much we want to be forgiven, especially when we have this relationship with Christ and we know that we fall short and we're like, Lord, forgive us. And he just forgives us. We, that is what the word says. He forgives us. He paid the price for our sins and we are called to forgive in that same way. And so if we expect that out of Jesus to forgive us. How can we withhold that from others? Colossians 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I know that I want those things. I think we all want those things. And, and just to know that we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, when we clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, you can't go wrong. We are chosen by the creator, the one true God. This word encourages us to adopt qualities that reflect our true identity as God's chosen and cherished individuals. And God prompts us to clothe ourselves with virtues such as compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Our lifetime resolution should be to embody qualities that align with God's nature and demonstrate love and grace in our interactions with others. Because that's what we want. So we should give that to others. And the more we give that, I think the more we receive that too. We have a commandment in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And Jesus is asking us to love one another the way he loves us. Jesus's love is selfless. It's sacrificial love. He demonstrates an unconditional love that reflects a deep compassion and care that transforms. His love is agape love, and he commands us to love in this way. And I know it may seem hard, but again, that mantra, it's only as hard as you make it. And I don't know about you, but I, again, want to receive that kind of love. And you can encounter that kind of love by being that kind of love to others. Jesus gave us the example with his ministry on earth. We have his word. We have the Holy Spirit who transforms and renews our mind, who strengthens us. And when our will aligns with God, we will see it come to pass. That that we know for sure. Anything we pray within his will he will make it happen. So you can trust him on that. If we could all love like Jesus loves, that would be the ultimate. It is, I can't even describe what this world would look like, but 
we can start with us and our actions. So in 2024, I want to Love like Jesus loves. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for your enduring love and faithfulness to us. Despite challenges and difficulties, your great love prevents us from being overtaken. We thank you for reassurance that comes from your unceasing compassion, which is renewed every morning. Thank you, Lord, for your commitment to us, for providing us hope and comfort in the face of challenges, for never leaving and never forsaking us. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. And that's Lamentations 3, 24 to 26. So I just went through Lamentations 3, 22 to 26. We can deeply trust and hope in the Lord. Jesus is our portion and we are totally dependent on him. This scripture promises God's goodness for those who patiently wait and actively seek him. Practicing silent patience is considered virtuous particularly in anticipation of the Lord's deliverance. God's goodness awaits those who place their trust in him and patiently seek his presence. Lord, I seek your presence. Your goodness awaits us and I am thankful for that. I place my trust in you. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and all the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And I pray that for all of us. Our hope isn't merely a hopeful sentiment for a positive future. Instead, it's a firm confidence in the victory we have through Jesus Christ. And this assurance comes from the Holy Spirit at work within us. How awesome is that? Not only that, we have been adopted and we have an inheritance. We are aligned with the God of the universe, the creator of power itself, the power that created and sustains the heaven and earth, the power that resurrected Jesus. God's immense power is open to you and nothing is beyond his capability. God never stops working and he is working now and his power is extraordinary and will continue to transform our lives today and beyond. This is the great hope we can have for this new time. So let's grab a hold of, of this power that we have through Christ Jesus. And then let's close with Colossians where we are urged to put on the new self. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God 
will come upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and freeman, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And that was Colossians 3, 1 to 16. There we have our marching orders. I think this is great guidance for 2024 to put off worldly desires and to strive to put into practice eternal virtues, to put into practice Jesus's priorities in our daily living. Our true home is with Jesus. So let's embrace that perspective and seek what God desires moving into this new year. We can trust God when we shift our priorities to heaven's priorities. We are hidden with Christ, meaning we are safe. And Jesus gives us the strength and power to live for him today, right now. Remember, his word does not return void. We can fully trust in his word and promises, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. We're being told here to remain unmoved and reject sexual immorality and impurity, treating passion, evil desires, and greed like diseased limbs on a tree, cutting them off before they cause harm, making a daily intentional choice to eliminate anything that fuels these desires and relying instead on the power of the Holy Spirit. That is vital. That is crucial. We must die to our flesh. And we, when we put aside these things, we have harmony and peace with God. Christians are called. We are called to live peacefully, not expecting differences to disappear, but committing to working together despite them. This love isn't just a feeling, but a choice to meet others' needs. Living in love fosters peace among individuals and within our community of believers. The virtues Paul encourages are interconnected by love. Love being that final garment we put on and it holds all these virtues together. And lastly, let's end with Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's honor Jesus. Let's give him thanks and glory. Um, 
And, and why do we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus? Because we cannot come in any other name but the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. It is the name above all names. When we see Jesus, every knee will bow. So remember, there is power in the name of Jesus. And that is why we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So again, let's honor Jesus and all we do. Let's abide in him and he in us every day to shine his light and be ambassadors of Christ moving into this new year and, and every year after. So I hope this message gave you hope and encouragement, fresh blessings as you start the new year. And remember, God is with you. Let's thank Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done, for your mercies and for your grace. If you need prayers, please reach out on Facebook or Instagram. I am here for you. I can be your prayer warrior and just know that you are in my prayers. And I thank you for joining me on this journey again. Keep reading your word and keep seeking. Until next time, keep your eye on the prize, Jesus. Be blessed. <music>